Welcome to Highway 89, BYU Broadcasting's live music performance program. I'm Stephen Cap Perry, and this hour, we're taking it to church. Our guests, Brigham Larson and Mike Wilson, are here to perform their original, let's say, jazzified versions of classic hymns. Brigham Larson runs a concert series in Pleasant Grove, Utah. He owns a piano store. He's a church-going father of six. And his daily dilemma in life is deciding which piano to play, since he's usually surrounded by several at his shop. Locals will recognize Brigham from his collaborative video with pop singer Alex Boye, where Brigham plays piano for their cover of the Lumineers' Ho Hey. Now Brigham's getting ready to release his first CD, Hymns Like You Ain't Never Heard Before. And we're lucky enough tonight to get a peek, a preview, into that project. He's also tuned about 15,000 pianos over the last 18 years, so you better believe our Steinway is in tune today. Also, Mike Wilson is here. He's a singer-songwriter who likes to mountain bike the rugged red terrain of southern Utah's deserts. You can see him and Brigham performing together on their video, Oh Holy Night, done blues style. He started performing and selling his music in his high school lunchroom and proudly thanks the 1980s English band Tears for Fears, yes, for making him fall in love with music. More on that later. Also, we'll have Brigham Larson debunk some myths about how you take care of your piano later in the hour, but... We better start with some music. Here is a hymn, and you'll hear several that are, are internationally known, but some exclusively from the Latter-day Saint faith tradition. And that's one of these right now. Ye elders of Israel, Brigham and Mike together. of Israel and join now with me and seek out the righteous wherever they may be in desert on mountain on land or on sea bring them to Zion the pure and the free oh Babylon oh Babylon we bid thee farewell going to the mountains of Ephraim to dwell. Harvest is great and the labors are few. But if we're united with all things can do, we'll gather the wheat from the midst of the tears, bring them to bondage from sorrows and cares. Oh, Babylon, oh, Babylon, Farewell, we're going to the mountains of Ephraim to dwell. We'll go. To the port, like a captain of old, and visit the weary, the hungry, and the cold. We'll cheer up their hearts with the news that he bore, and point them to Zion in life evermore. Babylon, no oh Babylon, we bid thee farewell. We're going to the Ha <laughs> ha. 
The Elders of Israel performed live on BYU Radio. I'm Stephen Cap Perry, and you're listening to Highway 89. And I have to say, uh, when Cyrus Wheelock wrote those words back in the 1800s, he never would have imagined. No, I don't think he would have. <laughs> Brigham, you're a musician, you're a piano technician, and we have to correct father of seven now. That's right. Uh, That's your right. wife brought in the, the studio today, and uh, we see a wee one in an appropriate BYU tracksuit, it looks like. That's it's right. the right color Absolutely. anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to talk about your life when you were 17 and before pianos took over your life. Maybe just as a cautionary tale for our listeners, what can happen to you? Age 17, you decided you wanted to learn to be a piano technician, and you actually hired someone to teach you this. Tell me about it. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, so I've always been very musical and mechanical. That's kind of been my hmm. thing. And uh, at age 17, I realized that the piano was the perfect marriage of the two. It's essentially a musical machine. Hmm. And, uh, and so, yeah, I hired a guy. I grew up in Chicago. So I uh, found a guy that would be willing to, to come down from the city. I grew up in the suburbs. And uh, I remember going up to my sock drawer where I kept my money, and I counted out, and, uh, and I hired him to, you know, he came a few times to my house that summer and got me started. This is a whole new level of piano lessons. It's yeah. Like how to take right. apart and put together your piano. That's right. That's what it was. <laughs> well, between tuning appointments, uh, you started actually rebuilding, you said, uh, a piano in in your garage. And at one point, I understand, 700 square feet condo, you had seven pianos in there. So my wife and I were married in 2000. And Did we, she know about this piano and habit when she... <laughs> not, not quite to, the, to that extent, but she's a very patient woman. She's wonderful. So yeah, we, we had a little 700 square foot condo when we were first married. And, and that's what I was doing. I was doing pianos and taking them in for, for repair and rebuilding and tiny little front living room. And we had seven of them in there. Oh my goodness. The, uh, the, the, and it was a divey little place in, in Provo, the real estate agent, when we were engaged, she turned around as she was showing it to us. And she said, you realize this is the least expensive property in all of Provo, don't you? <laughs> which, is, which is to read, you realize that this is the least commission that I could get. But it was this dumpy, divey little place, and, and it, was, it was an awesome place so to start So were there neighbors close by that heard seven pianos going on Absolutely, and yep, and we got a few complaints. Well, we're glad you've, you've got it here focused in the studio for the rest of us. Uh, at one time, I heard you had 23 pianos after you had a larger home, counting the house and the garage. So that was the most recent. Yeah, we've, we've been selling pianos our whole marriage. Mm. And the most recent, uh, th- that's when we decided it was time to get, to get a real commercial space is when... Uh, well, now you've we got a, you do, you have a beautiful shop. In fact, you do concerts there. That's right. Yep. Con- we have a concert series every week, every Friday. We have um, lots of different uh, local musicians and artists come. We've had, we've had some, some fantastic names, um, including uh, Alex Boyer. That was, he puts on an awesome show. That guy is just... He was born to entertain. He, was, he is volcano brain <laughs> when he entertains. Um, and, and Hillary Weeks, we've had Peter Breinholt. We've had Jenny Oaks Baker, lots of Marvin Goldstein, lots of lots of fantastic entertainers that have come through. Well, it's obvious from hearing you play that you do more than just tune the pianos, that you take time to, to 
play them and to really have a lot of fun. We want to hear some more music right now. We'll let you get in place. We're going to hear two pieces right now. The very first one uh, is again with Mike Wilson. This is a, a, a a hymn written to the old tune called The Officer's March, but with the words it's called We Thank Thee, O God, for a Prophet with this text. And then a piano solo, Did You Think to Pray? And this was a hymn written by, I remember as a kid, we saw M.A. Pepper Kidder in the hymn book, you know, and kids have to snicker about it. It looked like Ma Pepper Kidder, what a name. It sounded like, I don't know, the Jodes headed west on, on Hillbilly. I, to find out actually who wrote it, uh, she wrote nearly 80 different hymn texts. She was blind for several years as a teenager and then got her vision back and spent all her time writing hymn texts after that. Quite an interesting story. So we thank the O God for a prophet and then a piano solo of Did You Think to Pray?
Brigham Larson performing his own blues versions of the hymns, Did You Think to Pray? And I think I needed to hear some shakers, claves, and weir on that one. There's a little bit of Latin flavor there. And before that, we thank the O God for a Prophet with Mike Wilson. Mike, thank you for coming in today. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, during the intro, I, I said tears for fears. Yes. I know. Man, I love oh, that group, too. So, so But tell me about this. So 1980s band, when you first heard that, were they current? No, no. Um, I, I was think... mowing the lawn, and I had on these little headphones that cut out the noise, And but I had that in because I found it in my dad's collection. And I started listening to the listening to him, and instantly I turned off the mower and went into my room and listened to the whole CD nonstop. And I was like, this is music. I hear all these things. And it was amazing. I'll never forget it. it. It's really strange what happens to us when we connect with something like that. But I yeah. think that's great that uh, you just picked something that your dad had. Yeah, it was that, just something he had. tuned into it that much. But I understand, you know, just like uh, Mike spent what would have been maybe burger money for some kids on, or, or excuse me, that Brigham spent that money on, on learning to be a piano technician. And 
you found a way to finance something else that you really loved. It was sort of an expensive proposition. Tell me about this. Well, yeah, I actually, I had a job here and there, and it was like, oh, I hated it. I just wanted to do this music. And so I got my computer, I recorded a CD of songs I wrote, and then I, yeah, I burned them from, onto CDs from Walmart and sold 300 copies at my high school. This in the cafeteria? In the cafeteria in like a week. So I was like, okay, three grand in a week. I think I can do this. <laughs> you just did another 10 songs every week. Yeah. And did the school get a cut? Or, no, I'm kidding. Um, okay. <laughs> actually, yeah, the principal was like upset kind of about it. You're running a business in his cafeteria. <laughs> I think that's pretty impressive. But this was for a mountain bike, right? Yeah, it was for a mountain bike. So I used my music to get a mountain bike because I wanted to be a pro mountain biker at the time, which, yeah, I ended up being in the Red Bull Rampage and doing all that and then reverted back to my true passion music. Yeah, I should probably ask you about your most spectacular spill because anyone who's doing red rock riding has taken a hard tumble or two. Yeah, they're pretty unspectacular, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've... I've yeah, I've broke a lot of bones. Okay, we'll leave it at that. Yeah, leave it at that. <laughs> well, we want to hear some more music. So while Mike and Brigham are getting ready to perform, I want to mention that you can see them performing together by watching a video. You can find this on YouTube. It's their version of Oh Holy Night, done blues style. We're now going to hear uh, what started off as a children's favorite but became such a, a favorite song in different congregations. It's now in the hymn book, I Am a Child of God. And then we'll hear a piano solo of Come Follow Me.
Brigham Larson and Mike Wilson are performing live for us in the studio today. We just heard Come Follow Me, and before that, I Am a Child of God. You're listening to Highway 89 on BYU Radio. Brigham, uh, the music you're playing today is really just sort of a sneak preview, a taste of what's to come. You're about to release this first CD, Hymns Like You Ain't Never Heard Before. How did the idea for the project get going? This sounds like something that's been stewing for a while. It has. Yeah, even uh, when I was maybe 18, I was messing around with, with hymns like this. So it's been a long time coming. And I'd like the listeners to know, uh, you're not looking at sheet music exactly of what you're playing. You're looking at the various hymns as they are in the hymn book, and you're improvising. You have little notes written here and there. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's all improvisation. Yep, that's right. So where did those jazz or those blues roots come from? When did you start focusing on that as just a sound that you loved? Originally, it was in, uh, in 1994 when my grandfather died. He uh, he left me his record player. I think he knew that I had a real love and aptitude mm. for music, and so he left me his record player and and all these old 1950s records. And Nat King Cole was the first one that <clears throat> that I really kind of latched onto. Yeah, he he so was a player too. He was and a ranger. That's how he started. He was not a vocalist originally. Yeah. Yeah. Not a bad, not a bad model to start from. Yeah, right. But you've sort of branched out into uh, how much time. Uh, I guess what I'm really wanting to ask, I'll just ask, is if you're tuning someone's piano, do you ever have an idea hit you and you think, I just got to play for a minute? All the time. <laughs> okay. And I always have a piano handy. No matter where I am, I always have a piano right in front of me. Well, book clubs are all the rage right now. I always hear about someone in their book club, but you started a movie club. Mm-hmm. And tell me how this works. Okay, so that started uh, 2007, and it's every month. It's a bunch of guys. We get together, and uh, the idea is to introduce each other to that gem of a movie that the other guys wouldn't have necessarily seen or even heard of. And, uh, and so we get together. We, we bring food that is themed because, you know, what guy doesn't <laughs> like to eat as well? Does it tie in with the movie? And it, yeah, right? yeah, it ties in with the movie, so like... For example, uh, we we saw we've seen some some amazing movies. Um, trying to think of some good ones, we saw an amazing movie called Persepolis. It's this really disturbing animated movie about the Iranian Revolution. Yes. From it's it was made in France, black and white. Um, and so the theme that night was Iranian food, and and we all ate Iranian food, and then we watched this crazy movie. I'd bring uh, Babette's Feast, but I'm not good at making turtle soup. We have actually watched (laughs) Babette's Feast. (laughs) That's interesting that you mentioned that. Yeah, it's been going every month, every month steady for, for, what, almost seven years now. I'm trying to think what food goes with Die Hard 3. Maybe that's not the gem gem (laughs) of the movie that you're thinking about. Well, we want to, we do want to hear some more music, but first, I, I think we need to thank, a, a, a stop just a minute for both you and for Mike, because all musicians have supportive wives, I have discovered. Absolutely. And so your wife, Carmel, you guys now seven kids, and I know she'll be embarrassed, but she was Mrs. Utah 2009. She teaches classes for young kids at the piano shop. She does a great job, very supportive. And Mike's wife, Marcy, is here in the studio. And uh, I'm always sort of happy when I see uh, bo- both parts of the partnership have an understanding of the music thing. Ma- maybe you'd go crazy if you didn't get it. I would. She is everything. And, and I know, speaking for Mike, I know that Marcy is, 
is an amazing when when I see those two together it's it's just happiness and joy okay there could not possibly be a better segue into our next hymn okay because we're going to hear love at home Brigham and Mike there is beauty all around when there's love at home there is joy in every sound when there's love at home peace and plenty here abide smiling sweet on every side it's time to softly sweetly glide when there's love at home love at home love at home dumb the softly sweetly glad when there's love at home in the cottage there is joy when there's love at home hate and envy near annoy when there's love at home Roses bloom beneath our feet All the earth's a garden sweet Making life a bliss complete When there's love at home Love at home Love at home Making love at home now the world is filled with love when there's love at home sweeter sings the brooklet by brighter blings the azure sky oh there's one who smiles on
Brigham Larson and Mike Wilson's rendition of Love at Home. I'm Stephen Cap Perry, and this is Highway 89. Mike, how did you and Brigham meet each other and start making music? Well, it's kind of a crazy story. Um, it's it's too long to tell. <laughs> <laughs> I met to actually work for Brigham for his piano store, oh, uh-huh. and uh, yeah, the next day he's supposed to be doing training and we're singing together and then he's like oh well okay no more singing we need to work and then we end up singing again so we, <laughs> or he'd end up playing it was just a musical bond it was crazy serendipity yeah well we mentioned tears for fears but that as a much emotion and power is packed into those songs but it's not necessarily blues do you have some favorite blues singers that that kind of inspired you well this is going to sound really crazy. I wasn't a huge blues singer until I met Brigham. And then I'm singing along with him, and all of a sudden, this like inner blues demon evolved. <laughs> and now I'm just in love with blues. And it was like my next progression of musicality huh. from Brigham. And, and you've done songwriting, too. Yeah, I write all the time. I hear songs buzzing in my head every day. So, yeah, I have a long list of songs I've written. So I'm, I guess I have to ask if that original 10-song CD that you made to earn that first mountain bike back in the cafeteria, do you ever put that on sometimes still? <laughs> I popped it in the other day, and I was like, oh, okay, that's, it felt weird. I sounded like a 10-year-old, I, you know? My but voice you was almost all high. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, uh, and we sort of bypassed this Red Bull rampage, that, uh, but uh, people ought to know, you have to be like one of the 30 best writers to get in that yep top 30 in the world i worked my way up and toured canada and shot for videos on covers of magazines and yeah i had the whole thing in the bag but i just i had this like calling for music and so i just gave it all up I, I here, we're glad because here we are benefiting today yeah. so <laughs> we you. want to hear one more of these uh this is uh, the tune is known all around the world uh, since uh, the mid-1800s, and it's a piano solo. Brigham's going to play for us Sweet Hour of Prayer.
sweet hour of prayer. You're listening to music performed live on Highway 89. Brigham, I loved hearing that one. That's one that, well, actually, to confess, it's in a pretty good key, and I sometimes noodle on that one when I'm all alone. Thank, <laughs> Thank you. you for doing that. Yeah, my pleasure. Brigham, you're not only a musician, but as we said, you're also a piano technician. We want to pick your brain here for just a minute. Yeah, and you bet. You own a piano store. You've tuned over 15,000 pianos over 18 years. Would I think we'd be surprised to know exactly how many working parts there are in a piano. I don't know that I know the answer to that. I have heard, and of course this is in piano technician circles, so so who knows what shop the car talk. guy yeah, yeah, shop talk. Who knows what the car guys would say, but I've heard there are more moving parts in a or more parts in a piano than there are in a car. Um it's it's thousands and they're all, you know, very ticky tacky little precision parts. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had a, p- a piano that you thought this just cannot be saved. I mean, it's kindling. That's the only thing it's good for. Or, or can you really put together about any piano? You know, I can. It's, it's just a matter of uh, how sentimental the piano is for a customer. <laughs> like they've just got to have grandma's <laughs> piano they, if fixed. If they have to have grandma's piano fixed, I can do it. But in some cases, you've got to gut the whole thing. But, but it can be done. Hmm. Even pianos that are left out on the porch for for a couple years. Oh, you know, I hate I've to even think about. Dealt that. with those too, but. So, is there any kind of piano that you've not gotten to work on that you really would like to, or have you just worked on them all? Oh, that's a good question. I've worked on a lot of pianos. Um, yeah, I don't. I can't think of one that's on my wish list. The oldest, the oldest pianos that I've worked on would probably go back to the 1860s or 70s. I have worked on a few Square Grands. Wow, are you familiar? I've with seen some. Square I've never Grands? heard it played. They're gorgeous. They're incredible pieces of furniture. But as an instrument, they're they're subpar. And those go back to the 1860s. And this is where you're sort of sitting on the side of, of the square, the rectangle, and mm-hmm. the, 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 the strings are going left to right in That's front of right. you. That's right. Exactly. And apparently Brigham Young was a huge fan of the square grand. I mean, that's his era. And I even heard <laughs> that he, uh, he buried a few along the way, heading west. Um, apparently he wrapped them in some sort of tar-coated canvas, and he, and he buried a few. Go back and And get them later. Yeah, go back and get them. (laughs) Well, I want to hear about one of your labors of love. I've heard about this 1895 piano you've been working on. Is that uh, is that an ongoing project still? Uh, I'm I'm finished with that one. I've I've got yeah I've I've got lots of pianos that I work on in the shop. Many many of them belong to customers. I kind of work on maybe three or four simultaneously for customers. Then I've got a lot that are that are in the either kind of waiting for me to be able to get to them. This Weber that you're referring to, this 1895. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was kind of a labor of love. I fell in love with this piano, and I, I had to restore it. And so from top to bottom, um, just completely redid it and, it, and it turned out just absolutely beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Well, here are some just basic questions for anyone who has a piano, whether it's a spinet, an sure. upright, or, sure. or, or a baby grand, whatever it might be. When it's time to move... Tune it first and move, or move it and then tune it. Okay, well, uh, that that kind of gets at one of the myths about okay. about pianos, Good. and that's that if you move a piano, it throws it out of tune. That's really not the case. Um, even even the physical jostling of a piano in the back of a truck, unless there's something wrong with the the piano, the pin block mm-hmm. or something, that that jostling of the piano isn't going to throw it out of tune. 
I think maybe where that that myth does have some some uh, merit is uh, is that if you move it to a different climate, the different humidities that can kind mm. of mess mess with the the piano over over a few weeks. Okay, and when you're placing your piano in the house, I think we probably did what so many people did was, was probably the wrong thing, which is if you got a bay window, you stick the piano in there. Absolutely. <laughs> Bad for the piano. Well, I I think that's another myth. Okay. Yeah. That, hey, I'm uh, feeling better. Yeah, I, and I hear that all the time. People ask me, you know, well, we we can't put it over here. We want to put it over here, but this is on an outside wall. I that that's really a myth. And and where that one goes back to, I don't know. Maybe in the days of oh, bad insulation. Bad insulation. I suppose. <laughs> I don't know. But but I really, as a technician, you know, that sees these pianos in people's homes, and I and I go back regularly every six months or every year. And I see them, and it, and it doesn't really make a difference. So, if a piano is being played a lot, is that a good is that a good schedule? Six every six months. That's the industry standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every six months, and that's what I recommend. If if you really want to keep your piano in in excellent condition, and you've got kids in lessons, or or you yourself you are a musician, six months is ideal. If you're maybe a, a little bit less picky, you can get away with a year. Though you'll you'll hear some sour notes after after six months. So if you have, I mean, some of these pianos they have these fabulous finishes, seventeen layers of Italian varnish, or I don't know what it is sure, that goes on. Yeah. It. Uh-huh. But do we ruin it when we just spray a little lemon pledge on it or Windex, or do we have to have you know some special wax from Sienna to row? I mean, how does that work? You know, my my specialty is the guts. Okay, so, inside. So yeah, everything everything having to do with the finish, I refer out to to other people. Okay, to the Windex specialist. To the Windex <laughs> specialist, that's right. Okay, what about just total physical damage like on our piano, which has been a family piano since before we had kids. The kids grew up thinking it was their playhouse, their fort. They they slept sure, under it, they climbed yeah. on it. Uh, we have, when one of my sons was learning to spell, carved his name all the way around the baby Grant. And cool. now it's going to be his, I guess, yeah. someday. And another son who lifted the keyboard cover and gnawed little, little at least they're evenly spaced, teeth marks all along. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. Is that fixable or is it just, shall we just call it sentimental value? Uh, no, I, I can fix all that. Um, if it's, again, if it, if, again, if it's the finish, I, I refer that out. Uh-huh. But, uh, but if it's the, the keys or, or things like that, uh, yeah, I, I replace keys all the time. A, a common one is the Tonka truck. The Tonka truck that I, I don't know why I hear it. I know it's crazy. Tonka truck was was used like a, a hammer on the on the ivory keys. <laughs> oh. And now the now the ivory is all jagged and brittle. And, and so, do I've they even make ivory keys anymore because of the concerns of environmental concerns or, or popula- uh, population of ivory producing animals? You can get ivory legally. Mm-hmm. Um, there are still some stores out and st- stores of ivory out there. Um, generally, generally, no. It's either imitation ivory or um, just just plastic. Good. Well, th- as much as it's fun to talk about the inner workings, the whole purpose is to make music. So we're going to have you actually leave us with a piece that's meant to dismiss us. This is a, this is music written by Jean-Jacques Rousseau back in the 1700s. It's it's had a lot of different lyrics written to it, including <laughs> "Go Tell Aunt Rody." But in this case, we're going to hear. Lord, dismiss us with thy blessing.
Lord, Dismiss Us With Thy Blessing, performed live here on BYU Radio. And sadly, that brings us to the end of this edition of Highway 89. Today, Brigham Larson and Mike Wilson have been taking us to church with some of their original arrangements of hymns from the Latter-day Saint hymn book. Brigham Larson is a piano technician and the owner of Brigham Larson Pianos by Day and a gigging musician by night, tuned over 15,000 pianos in the last 18 years, and he's about to release his first CD, Hymns Like You Ain't Never Heard Before. You can watch Brigham's latest collaboration with Alex Boyer and learn about the Brigham Concert Series, even take a virtual tour of his piano shop via brighamspianoservice.com. Mike Wilson is a singer-songwriter who, when he's not writing songs and singing the blues, likes to mountain bike the rugged red terrain of southern Utah's deserts. You can see him and Brigham performing together on their YouTube video, Oh Holy Night, done blues style. Thank you to Mike and Brigham for being here today. What a great hour. We welcome your comments and questions. Just to contact us, simply email us at highway89 at byu.edu. Highway 89 is a production of BYU Broadcasting in Provo, Utah. The recording engineer is Mark Waite, and our producer is Jackie Tataishi. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Thank you for listening. <laughs>